All right, we're here with episode eight of It's Server Time, and today our guest is the Virtus Pro prodigy in Yakinder. Yakinder, best known for his championship at DreamHack Delhi <laughs> Invitational 2019. Best known for that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's just the running gag on the show, of course, just talking about some kind of random event. But you did actually beat Angel in the grand finals of that event. Uh, how and, yeah, and Angel is now switching to Valorant. And I had a question, actually, briefly about that, because Angel has kind of been a mainstay in the CIS scene for a while, but he is now playing Valorant, and he was actually recently on DDK's Immortal Minds podcast talking about when he switched to Valorant, he didn't have a contract uh, at the time in CS. Do you? Was there any like general opinion about Angel during that time? Like he was always touted from Western regions as being like a great IGL, definitely a fragging IGL, like better better at fragging than Zeus. Maybe not as good of a leader, but just very good in the server. Did you like? Were there any swirling opinions that people had about him? Because why wasn't he on a team? Yeah, there were like different opinions, like. Uh, the most obvious one is when uh, it was 2018 or 17 ish, and uh, he was playing insanely good. It was uh, Hellraiser's lineup, right? Where he had Boxy Kanisa there as well. So he played insanely good. Everybody considered him instead of uh, Zeus on Navi. So at that time, everybody was talking a lot about him. They were expecting him to go to Navi to actually perform and uh, to to play on a high tier level but um, since the time went like further he started downgrade like going down 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 and uh, un like the the hellraisers that were in the dreamhack delhi right in india they were just uh, the worst hellraisers ever i believe so at that time he just didn't probably didn't have any motivation because he was falling down for, for like two years already from this from the point that he got before right and uh, so he switched to Valorant so different opinions but like uh, my opinion is that he was really good one once but then when meta changed and uh, like as the meta shifted for forward see a lot of CS teams started showing up he went down and uh, in the end it's just uh, the stronger teams and the stronger players players win pretty interesting to think about how like different someone's career could have gone if like you know you go back two years and like that thing angel to navi actually you know did happen or it did work out and just like how much it would change like the cis scene how much it would change angel's career and like how much like one move not happening and then you know just the current team you're on just kind of falling apart can just change someone's career like so much true it could have changed my career as well since zeus would uh, go faster from navi to like uh, retiring or whatever and uh, he was like my owner of pro 100 right so he could have uh, gotten more time into pro 100 for example after he left navi he was with us on boot camps all the time so he was like helping us a lot at uh, the time ex uh, exactly when we won like dreamhack and uh, that Bo bosnian tournament uh, kibanja luka or something like that so he was dedicating a lot of time then, but it, like if Angel joined Navi before, it could have been faster and maybe something else mm. happened. And you know, a lot of could. Uh, it's like let's not speculate, right? It didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just funny to think about how much how different things could be. Yeah, the cascade of effect. Yeah, yeah. that's butterfly like, effects. I actually am a little curious about what Zeus brought to Pro 100 because I remember I think it was on the Freya interview for Flashpoint. You talked about how he was like 
already talking with Virtus Pro or maybe another interviewer on, uh, but you basically said that he was kind of already talking to Virtus Pro or other teams, how they were interested in you. Um, can you talk about maybe how, how wide your, uh, like how, how many people were interested in you? Because obviously you ended up on VP, but like, were there international teams looking at you too, or were they other top CIS teams? Like where, where was this going potentially? So like Virtus Pro got interested in me since like January, like the this year January. So like before when Perfecto actually joined Navi, Zeus talked with Navi about uh, like um, he was talking about me to join Navi, but Navi, Navi declined and they didn't give me a chance. Mm -hmm. So so the the rumors that Navi actually played with me or tested me is it's all wrong. Right, so the only good good team was Virtus Pro. The other one, the other teams that are the organizations that uh, aren't uh, high level like Navi and Virtus Pro, right? So there weren't many that there were like basically none of like Hellraisers, for example. They were they were trying to get me, uh, Windstrike as well. But like those 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 kind of orgs are not the level of Virtus Pro and Navi, for example. Okay, good to know. Uh, I wanted to. I was curious about how much you brought to your team because I would say that once you joined this roster, it was kind of a it was kind of a middling period where Adren was still playing, and I think it was supposed to be Buster, uh, but you had Adren still on the roster for for some reason. And uh, but I feel like this is a different look for Virtus Pro, like very different, for example, from the Avangard from a, over a year ago. And I wanted to know. Let's start on the CT side because. Actually, in the past three months, you guys have the, of all top 30 teams, you guys have the third best CT side. Uh, maybe that, yeah, and the only teams that are better than you guys, better than you guys percentage-wise for round wins are Astralis and Heroic. So you guys are keeping some pretty elite company on that end. Uh, and you're super proactive on CT side. What, like, what do you bring, like, in terms of ideas or are, are you just being ordered around? I'm curious, like, what your involvement with the team is. Well, I mean, um... James as the in-game in -game leader, he focuses on uh, on the whole picture of the of the team, right? Especially on T side. On CT side, it's a bit less, but uh, on CT side, uh, me, James, and Kickert, we focus on uh, each each positions, right? So, for example, on let's take the easiest example, Inferno, right? Uh, me and Buster are B players. I'm getting ready for the team. I'm doing my homework uh, on on them on Banana, so I can I know. If I need to call Sanji as the third player, or if I need to call James as the third player for Banana to actually take it right, and uh, me and Buster usually like I just order him him around. I just say what what to throw. I say how the enemy plays. We usually take fast Banana control right, and then Kickert and uh, James are getting ready for the A side right. They know all the pops that enemies has. They they know every everything that it, that's needed right, and. Uh, for example, if I need a third guy bananas um, in pregame, I just say like, okay, the plan is the plan, plan is like this. We go three there, we we take control, then I rotate that, rot, rotate there. It's usually like before the game, you already know the plan of the game, mm -hmm. but sometimes in the game it doesn't work out, right? So for example, they didn't give you a chance to take banana control, and uh, then then you need to like uh, get ideas, and uh, mostly like me, Kickert, and James are the three uh, three people that uh, control our CT side, and it depends on which side of the map is the action uh, the, like th that person on that side of the map can uh, decide what to do how fast did you start having that input in the lineup like from when you joined how how long did it take for you to have like that sort of role in it uh 
Mm. It was it was pretty fast, but um, I kind of said no to it uh, when uh, Adrian was there, right? So like Adrian and Buster are two different players. Um, I'll tell you one uh, why. Like Adrian is the guy who communicates a lot. He is uh, giving up a lot of uh, ideas because he was an IGL before, especially right. He's giving uh, a lot of ideas, a lot a lot of, uh, like. Um, Talking, uh, talking initiative and uh, all that, right? And it's Jamin Kickers as well talking a lot. And there's no room for me to actually like uh, express some thoughts or something because otherwise it's gonna be just fluid in Teamspeak, right? So now, as uh, instead of Adrian came Buster back, right? Buster is the more guy, uh, more type of a guy where you just uh, say what is need to be done, he's gonna do it, right? So. Uh, Buster is not that much talkative, but uh, we can move around him nicely, and uh, he just understands. Like he plays sometimes, he's, he's like his own game in his spots, right? But uh, that you need to control the macro in the, for example, CT side, right? On Inferno again, I need to control the macro in how we take the banana, right? But uh, so that's that's why it's easier for me to actually give my input because there's no more Adrian, right? Who talks a lot. Yeah, I think it's a much better fit to have, like, you being kind of like the, you know, like, the main kind of call on the other side of the map from Jame. <coughs> Sorry. Because, like, when it's a Dren, you know, it's, obviously he has, like, good ideas and he has, like, a lot of experience. But when, like, one of your players, like, you is, like, by far, like, the most kind of, like, active and, like, aggressive player on the map, that definitely can create kind of, like, a, a divide and kind of, like, between the calling and the play, because, you know, that... The guy that's like super aggressive and is like taking, you know, like the majority of like the first engagements isn't controlling them necessarily. So you're not, you maybe don't feel as comfortable. You're like trying to play around a trend more. And so I definitely yeah. felt that like, yeah, I felt like it was such a such a better fit once you got kind of Buster, and not because it was like a Dren's fault or anything, but just because naturally like it's good to have that guy like, you know, the guy that's like super aggressive like, you know, calling and his shots and like kind of calling around himself, and it just makes things like everything more fluid. Yeah, it's actually like really funny because um, me and Buster are both really aggressive players, right? We understand mostly like in, like just a tick, right? We just understand what we need to do. Um, and uh, like with Adrian, I remember I was playing like Inferno B side, the two B side. Uh, with uh, Adrian was playing middle, I was playing uh, the two B side, right? And always like if it's B splits, we couldn't just hang along like together, right? I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling, let's fight mid, and he's like, no, 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 I, no, no, let's. I spoke total. Let's just stay here. Uh, we were always dying one by one somewhere, doing something like uh, completely opposite, right? And it was really hard playing. And then I started like um, giving up my style of play to do like the what 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 uh, the vision how Adrian wants to play, right? But now with Buster, it's a lot easier for me to play in, as an individual. I think that really reflected in your stat lines, actually. Because when you were playing the first couple tournaments with Adren, I think you were in the red. And I maybe Blast has changed that. But I think every single event since, you've been uh, above a 1.0. So that actually that makes total sense. It's cool to yeah, see. Blast, Blast is probably red. <laughs> yeah. Minus 100. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah let's, uh, 0.92. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, can I swear? Can I swear? Okay. Yeah, yeah, you can swear. Of course. That's yeah. yeah, fine here. Um, but yeah, it's not not only that. I think uh, like James 
is developing the team amazingly. He's focusing focusing a lot as a captain. He's focusing a lot on the meta, on the game, on the style of our play, on the on utility, on everything. He's watching demos. He's fucking tryharding. He's playing faces. I wonder how much he's like changes on IGL from even like because like I remember watching Vanguard like over a year ago, like you know at, for United and stuff. And I remember James was like kind of the guy that like especially on CT sides kind of had to be like the active guy. And like kind of I like to go for picks at like the start of rounds a lot. And kind of in this team I noticed he doesn't really do that as much. He's he doesn't kind of, need to do it if he yeah, yeah, has yeah. players like me and yeah, yeah. So it feels like it's maybe easier for him to kind of like have an overview of like the map and like kind of control like everything that's going on just as an IGO. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But actually the the meta changed as well. Like it's shifted so heavily towards um CT CT side players finding aggression, not oppers but like the riflers, right? Because for example, uh, like the the stew, the the, the like CT side op, right? If after you take long, you want to get closer to short. But a lot of teams that just don't give you an opportunity to find kills there, right? So the riflers go uh, rifler go close short instead, and the opper is flashing them in, right? At, uh, uh, on other times before, it was like that opper is gonna post on short, right, and get a free kill there or something. But it's changed. It, like the CS is changing a lot, like lately, and it's just. Uh, Changing up the meta, and uh, James knows that, and he like develops the team in the right way. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because I feel like for a lot of in-game leaders, it's easier to call if you're still alive in the server, and James tends to just always be alive. So with you guys sort of combining with your aggression, being able to secondary call and and pick out some certain like roles for your team, it works out pretty well with that dynamic. I find. Yeah, we somehow uh, we have a rule that uh, sometimes even when somebody is dead, right, the dead people they call uh, because they see the be better perspective of the round. And uh, sometimes if like it's a heavy three versus four situation, right, and you for example you pop A on Mirage, right, as D side, and uh, the smokes are fading, you don't you don't know what to do. Uh, CT side could be everywhere, and then the dead uh, dead guy is actually saying like smoke top come out of jungle, take take fast uh, stairs control, right, and plant the bomb for short. We have a, it, it's like a rule for us. I think that really shows because I'm pretty sure before the blast games today that you guys have the best 4v5 uh, CT side of any team in the top 30, also. So, like, this, this all just works. This all makes a lot of sense, actually. So, that's good to know. Um, how, about, how about switching to the T side? Are you guys still as involved on the calls, or is that I'm sure that's like more Jane, but. Uh, it's it's, yeah. it's actually like a lot of uh, jam. Like um, some individual plays, uh, I can actually like uh, get if I have spawns. I know what to do, but uh, mostly since James is getting ready for the enemies, he he has his own vision of uh, the the way you need to like uh, play the rounds, right? So, for example, I don't know, like. We need to do an A execute on Mirage, and then next round I'm having a spawn for uh, A to to rush A. But he says like, no, no, don't don't rush A. You're gonna go mid. We're gonna take mid, and we're gonna split B because they will expect the A execute on Mirage for you know, like just just an example, right? And he's focusing a lot on the macro of the game, so he only he like commands us. But after like uh, we get trades, then it's different. 
So like if we don't get trades and we can actually finish the round or it's the round from the start, right? We we're doing it. But if we got traded in middle on Mirage while we were doing the round, right? Then the round stops and then the trade like the the calls from dead people or Jame or me or Kicker threat are coming in. Yeah. I notice on Mirage especially, you're you're mid by yourself a lot. So in those moments are you're you're just you have full control, I'm sure, right? It's not on my individual play, yeah. But yeah. I need to do some some of the some of the things I need to do, for example, smoke top con or something, because my yeah, yeah. people are popping A's or something, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. like it's <laughs> people the enemy, now now the problem is that the enemy knows uh, that uh, like uh, a lot of teams bullies me on mid, <laughs> and then I just can't actually like progress through middle while my team is somewhere else, right? Sometimes I can do it. For example, against Fury today, I went uh, alone middle. My, my team was doing pop A. I killed Art on short when Jungle killed under Palace, right? And uh, we won that round. Yeah. But but some teams like, for example, that like to jump short, for example, Spirit, where Mir, this I disbalance, uh, are jumping short like 10 out of the 10 times that when they get spawned, it's hard to solo take middle control because you have always have a chance that you're going to die, right? Yeah. So sometimes I'm dying a lot there, but against Navi as well, we played some where we won 16-14 last game. It was a semifinal of IEM. Let's let's get into blast. Let's get into let's talk about a little bit of what happened today. So you guys just played Furia, and you guys lost on Train, and you lost on Inferno. Uh, I want to talk about your guys Inferno just a little bit because this was a map that I feel like was easily your best map but i it seems like you guys have had some more difficulties lately do you guys think that's on your end or do you think that's people scouting you uh well of course people uh, usually the enemy, enemy teams they check out the stats of the their the opposing team that they're playing against right they see that uh, the strongest map is uh, for the team for example how we won mirage against og right yeah Mirage is uh, OG's strongest map. We just uh, prepared it. We know uh, we know their waypoints. We know what they like to do. The mm -hmm. most uh, possible opportunities they're gonna do, and we countered them. We played against them, right? Furia didn't change anything. They like like they played. They just played the same. But we 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 saw the demos. We 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 knew we we we're gonna pick Inferno. But like on the server on and on the demo, it's like two different things. Yeah. And especially like we know that Furia is f fucking aggressive. Like. You think I'm aggressive? No, check out art, and <laughs> and then just and then just push middle, push push banana all the time. We were we're losing already. We like lost two buy rounds, five zero, six zero, and it's really hard to adapt. Like no, it's not easy. It's not hard to adapt, but it's hard to catch the game mentally after that because they're always pushing, always finding those entry kills, and we lost that game mostly because of giving up entries. That's all. That, that's all. That was our problem. We're gonna fix that, and uh, we can improve, especially as well like Fury's style of play with like uh, delaying apps and taking banana control fast. Uh, a CT side, um, that style is not uh, very. Not many teams play like that. It's a unique style, and uh, like the way they play it is uh, really amazing. And uh, props to them. You said in our pre-show that you hadn't, like, you personally have never played against Furia before. Like, what was that aggressive style like? Just in terms of like the teams that you usually play in Europe. 
What's her, wait, wait, that didn't what, was, what was their style like play for you guys to play against compared to the teams you usually play in Europe? Like, I was, it was, it was, it was really like, it was like I joined FPLQ. I'm telling you, <laughs> I actually queued like, the FPL like, on Inferno, man. It's like with Furia, it's weird because it's like they kind of like do similar things every round. Like they, in terms of like the macro of the map, like they're not really like rushing or like, you know, just like doing like super different things across the map. Yeah. It's mostly, yeah. yeah. It's like art, like they kind of do the same thing every round, but it's just like art just kind of like, it just kind of varies in just like slow, like kind of slightly different ways. It's, and so it's, it's just, like, you know what they're doing, but it's like, it, yeah, it's, you know what they're doing, like their macro, like you know what their plan is, but sometimes it's still just like, like it happened. It happened to us on Vertigo once. Like we knew exactly what they were doing every round, but they still ran us over like sixty-two because we just couldn't stop Art. Like he was just being super aggro and annoying. Yeah, that's true. Because like for example, when we played, what what was our problem on Inferno, right? We, after like six rounds or seven, we got into the game mentally, like, and uh, it was a lot easier for us. But then Art is on f- fucking wood or right side banana close with the op holding like. So they take banana control at CT side. And then Art is staying close, and Vinny under, uh, on the other side of uh, close banana. So it's like logs, and I don't know what you call it. Huffle? Yeah, half, no, 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 like t- closer to T side. Broom, broom uh, closet. Yeah, br- yeah, yeah, broom and logs, right? Yeah. So they they double stand there, Art with op and fucking broom holding ramp. James thinks he's gonna be car <laughs> or half wall, right? He flashes over, ch- tries to jump out. Art is there with op and healing him. So it's just. Fucking hard to adapt. The call, uh, yeah, like, the call, the call, the call out there must be like he's opping broom, opping shine. Like you're just yeah. like, what? Why is he there? <laughs> and like, I don't know. It's just we never played the team like this. The, you, you... It's it's fucking experience. It's uh, it's always good, and I'm glad. To, like this this event wasn't even the like the, the priority for us. So, uh, but I'm glad some... we got the experience for it. You said some teams are like good at countering what you do. Like for example, on Mirage mid, like some teams are jumping cat and picking you. Like for a team like Furia, do you think that playing more in Europe, they won't be able to do as much of the things that they've been running around and doing in North America? Like, how do you I, I think bu- that it'll work over there? I believe if they're gonna team, they're gonna beat the team like once or twice until the team understands how they're uh, playing and uh, they're. The enemy team is gonna start to adapt and yeah. and understand their playstyle. Cause um, the problem with I see what I see with Furia, especially on CT sides, they're using a lot of uh, utility early, like a lot of utility early. Mm-hmm. And if the if the enemy team's team know knows it and knows how like how to play slow, for example, teams like uh, G two like Gambit youngsters like Gambit now, right? Uh, they're playing like heavily like slow CS with a lot of like taking map control slowly and then just going at five somewhere or something like that. We're not that kind of a team. And for us, it's pretty hard, but like for the team, for a team that's going to play like the most uh, default CS, like slow CS, right? It's going to be a lot um, easier. And if the team knows how to play it, it's going to be easier for them to beat Fury. Well, on Mirage, they they threw a lot of stuff at you guys, but you were able to handle it there. Like, it feels... Do you think, due to the nature of their style, like, I feel like, okay, there was one round where you guys were on the T side, and you guys stood top mid, and you waited till about a minute and five left on the clock, and well, then you guys swung... Pushed. 
Yes, and they double pushed uh, at that exact time, and they caught you guys. Like, I'm like, did you feel like you guys had a read though? There, like, you were gonna. Yeah, I, I actually, we actually expected that they're uh, yeah. gonna push now, but it was just really unfortunate timing. Like, we were waiting for that. We were waiting for that. We were waiting. Okay, they're not coming. And then, they and then as soon as we want try, we were trying trying to run boost or or something or we just wanted to swing or something, and at that moment they're just r- really close and fucking us. Yeah, so that okay. that was really good of them. But uh, after after it was a, a little uh, a little bit easier. Like we understood when they're fighting mid and when they're when they're leaving. Yeah, yeah. Um, the last map of train was. Kind of heartbreaking if, if you're a fan of VP at least, or or probably one of you guys, I'm sure, because you guys had a pretty really good T side, but then they started pushing box all every single time, Yuri and Art, and Yuri was just multi-fragging every time, and it felt like the first time it happened, I think you guys had like three players there, and then I think you sent four, and I want to say I think you sent like five or four again, and they just kept doing it, like when, like when when in that server or when in that match, are you just like? You know what? Maybe they got it, or like, is there? A, do you just back down eventually? Like, what? How did the com? I'm just really curious how the comms went because I feel like you get you kept like, no, they you know they're gonna offer that fight to you guys and you want to take it, but how are you trying to change it or like how did it feel? I don't know. I don't remember that map. I wasn't on the server, but I mean, <laughs> but mostly, uh. I know we know like after the second time that they done it, uh, did it right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jay masks Kickert because Kickert is like the box player, right? He's the B lobby player. Yeah. Like, how do you want to counter it? And uh, Kickert said, "Give me a spawn and uh, I'll kill. I'll kill them both." And uh, Kickert had the spawn and it didn't work out, and they, they killed the third time. But <laughs> <laughs> but but, that, but but I mean, we started really good. We had like six. Five yeah. two, five three, or five two, something like that. You're, you're definitely ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We the problem is, yeah, they did that, but but like, I don't. Know, we just uh, like again, the, the nobody did it before. Like right, the setup right. that uh, that Furia was doing, like picking up upper and the, the guy pushing up with the flash mm-hmm. on lower. Right, it's uh, it's pretty cool, and we can we can at least know and expect that now and. Um, if we closed out the half eight seven at least for them, for example, not nine six, but yeah. eight seven, it would be a totally different game, I think. So we threw the second part of the first half a lot, and uh, but I don't know. We're, we're always watching our games, and uh, yeah, we can. Let's move mistakes. off area. Let's move off area. I was wait, wait, wait. I was oh. gonna say. I was gonna say because. I was gonna say because I'm speaking the train. It's mostly about train. It was like because it was the only team in NA that I even saw like. Pushing box holes a lot like that. Like I remember when we played Gen G, we literally had to tell because like they would never even push. It was like we knew when they were playing like Daps alone and when Automatic was with them like every time. And so like that compared to playing Furia, where it's like mid round they're just constantly like pressuring you or like flashing with Yuri or like Arch just peeking. It makes you so uncomfortable. Like on like other areas of the map too, because you know they just just at random times they're just gonna peek like upper train for info and shit. And it's just like and again like so and plus. Sorry, I'm totally losing my train of thought here. But um yeah, like it just adds so much more to the map in their CT side pushing box hall besides just pushing upper for kills. Like Yeah, it, that's true, but if you but if you expect that you can Yeah. Yeah, you if can... you expect it, you'll have to 
It can still be tough to deal with, especially if they're they're smart about it. Yeah, but it's three it, but... three players on A. If you expect them to go B, mm -hmm. like to, 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 to the same setup, right? It's uh, yeah. three players on A. It's a lot easier to execute A and yeah. uh, play, right. around, play around D, like on five six smoke, for example. Okay, I, I wanted to talk to you just 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 like some of your brief thoughts on what Spirit was like, because that's actually surprisingly when I look back at it and before that match, um, that was the first time you guys played Spirit as this five, and Spirit's been a team that has caught. A decent amount of attention, I'd say, by other viewers outside of CIS because they just seem like they play uh, an exciting way. And everyone's talking about Mir Mirror, I guess. Um, he's definitely like, I I would say like in terms of people that outside of the CIS region want to see rise up. Like everyone on VP and Avi are kind of just like you guys are all good. But then like Mirror is kind of like it's like the slight like save Mirror stuff yeah. is coming out just a little bit here. Um, how did you? How did it feel facing off against them finally with your set five? Because I know you guys played them uh, a few months ago, but it was like I think Adren was still standing in for. Yeah, we were playing with Adren uh, two times against them on ESL Pro League Qual uh, in June. Right. So one game we won, and the lower bracket we lost against them or something like that. And I totally threw train that game as well. Mm -hmm. I was playing Ivy back then, and it was yeah horrible. But like I mean, this game. Spirit is a good team, but um, their psych psychology of the game is really really suits us to play against them, right? Because, like, especially like CIS against CIS, it's always um, there are teams that can't win against CIS teams. For example, Navi, right? They never never win against CIS, but they always win against European teams or something. But I don't know if that's psychology or something. But like we. We feel really comfortable to pl uh, playing against CIS teams, and uh, we play comfortable as well against EU teams. But like against CIS teams, we know what to expect, and there's we know that there's not not going to be anything new in that match. What, and uh, okay, what what in particular is like a tell of a CIS team? Like when you're in the server versus CIS team, how how does the feeling differ? Like the the pace or the level of teamwork or the execs or like what what is it? Uh, for for example, Spirit has a pace that that is telling a lot uh, about uh, their round, right? And uh, they're playing pretty slow and like this. Um, how do you say it? Not comfortable says for some teams, but uh, against us, it, it just doesn't work. And uh, as well, like like when you play against CIS, you expect everything. You know how the players are individually. Like for example, I'm playing a lot of FPL with uh, Magic Smear, Samda Young, right? And mm. um, and I know how they play individually. What are they? Their like things they like to do and what they don't like to do, and what where they like to stand and when where they don't like to stand, right? And when you're always playing with those people, it's uh, a lot easier to play against them. You feel if you feel it, you don't feel pressure at all. And, uh, mm, it's okay. It was a bit pressure against Furia, but uh, in Spirit, it was a lot easier. It's an interesting point, actually. Like, do you think playing FPL more is actually a detriment to some teams and players, just based on like you having an easier time understanding where some players like to, like how they like to handle situations? Well, I guess it depends. Uh, you should play FPL if you feel that uh, you're you're uh, you need to learn something new, or uh, you feel that you're. Aim is a lot better if you play like two FPLs a day, right? So you should play FPL, but 
most of the good teams players they don't play FPL, right? So for example, from, from my team, only I play FPL. I play like four, four to five FPLs a day, and usually I stopped playing uh, like a while ago. Now I'm starting again, but like um, since I'm playing, I'm seeing, for example, um, some players like Frozen, for example, right? So I know how Frozen plays, and when we meet Mouseports, I know how to play against him. But it 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 all depends. If if you see, there's not many players like me that actually think about. Oh wait, like I know Mirror is playing like this because I played with FPL with him. People don't think. A lot of players don't think that they're like playing FPL. They're not even remembering any stuff that the enemy is doing. Okay, that's a. So you can learn from FPL, I guess. Yeah, all right. So you, you just proved it. All right. Especially against the enemies. It's kind of interesting because Astralis doesn't really play FPL, right? Like, most of their players don't play. I know, like, they seem Zip- to be harder Zipnex to reach for people. Yeah, Zipnex, Zipnex and Bubsky, Bubsky, Bubsky as well sometimes play. Bubsky, Active funny to me that, like, Zipnex was, like, the one that played FPL, like, by far the most on the Astralis lineup always. Which I, yeah, I assume... I assume there's like something like along the lines of, I'm sure he's like learning, you know, things about other players as well. Yeah, I feel like Zipnix's sure. style fits it really well. Yeah, because you understand how people are gonna make some decisions late rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, let's let's move to our Patreon question then of the week. This is from Bill, and he typed a pretty lengthy uh, his his ideas about why he thinks Navi should consider international rosters. Um, and moving around their players. One of his main points is simply just that Simple's been going super hard for three years now. How much longer can he actually maintain this sort of prime? And he he calls for Boomich's and Flamey's heads, essentially. Like, he thinks that those two players should be replaced. Um, I'm interested in your guys' decision, your guys' ideas about, do you guys think this team should go international? Or do you guys think that there's really, like, a problem here? Or where do you think this should be? I don't think they should go international. I think there's a plethora of CIS talent, honestly. Like, the pool of players in that region just seems to always keep growing. Like, right now, I disagree. Like, there's definitely players outside of VP and and Navi. Like, there's Dexter on Espada, who's really been making a name for himself. He's playing really, really well. Uh, there's also just, like, in general, you have Murr, obviously. But you always have players who are going to come up and fill those gaps. So... Also, if you like, if you've ever listened to Navi's communication, I can't imagine that working in English. Let alone, like, it barely works in Russian. So I don't know about English. Um, yeah, I just don't see them being able to go international. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree because, like, first they're gonna lose a lot, of, a hell of a lot of fans if they go international, like the CIS fans, and they have a lot of them and. Uh, Second one is the language barrier that is going to ha- happen uh, for sure because I know how Simple communicates in English and I, like, I'm not saying he's bad in English, right? But like the tempo and uh, the precise information that he's giving in the Russian language is a lot more higher. For example, in FPL, when I'm playing with him, right, we speak Russian when we stay in clutch situations, right? And I can see the difference between him him talking in uh, English and trying and playing with someone like European, and uh, him playing the clutch with uh, Russian, right? So that's like two different like 
tempos of the of the of talking and like understanding of the situation right so it's like two a lot two like great points and the third one as uh, Ata mentioned there are a lot of CIS players that uh, can uh, can are are ready to get that opportunity and uh, they're f- amazing players as well so it's just no no need for no need for internationals i believe i think so uh, all right i think that's good enough let's move into the tournament that a few of us are closer to now uh i of course am working flashpoint mix one flashpoint already with cloud nine they're already the champions of that um but actually i, I kind of wa- i wanted to go through uh your route so far uh Yekinder, through these games and i think one of them is going to be great to discuss against cloud nine because we have both sides of it actually we have pretty much all three sides of it because i've I observed. I watched it live. Mix was on the C9 side, and obviously you played in the match. So the first map, Inferno, you guys just steamrolled them. Like, let's be real. That felt like it felt like C9 weren't completely ready to play. Like, I okay, Mix. Why did it feel like you guys just were not ever in that game? Uh, I mean, it's tough, especially like because like especially on like the sites, right? Like, people are still getting used to like playing with each other, like. Like Esatag and Floppy, especially yeah. you know, like on Inferno B side, like they're still trying to get used to playing with each other, like super new to everyone, and like having that like chemistry, especially on a map like Inferno, can be so like up and down. Like if things kind of just start off bad, and like you know VP's just kind of wrecking you like the first four or five rounds, and you know at Ricky and Esatag are kind of struggling to find that chemistry and rhythm together on Banana, it's really hard to like climb your way back into that because especially on Inferno, it's not like there's like a variety of different like ways you can play it, especially on like the CT side. Like you kind of have to stick to a couple of different, you know, a few different things. But it's just it was just hard for them to. I think that was just like a prime example of like teams on sites really not having that chemistry yet. Especially Yakinder, Yakinder, how did it feel playing them on Inferno? Well, I mean, why we picked Inferno? We know it's a new team, and uh, we know Inferno. Like from from our perspective, we were practicing Inferno a lot until we actually got uh, to succeed succeed on it to actually play good and to understand like the auto rotations and all that stuff right so we expected that Cloud9 are not ready to play Inferno especially against us because we believe that Inferno was our was our strongest map maybe not now and uh, as well I knew that uh, Cloud9 just didn't have B players like floppy played pit right yeah oh, he yeah. played lane so, he was the third b player okay. he was a so, so yeah he, he was a player it was still right? a new role yeah it was still a new role it's yeah. like i don't think his was b player as well before um i think his played like lane as well or something but yeah it was like i think it's especially tough when you start on ct side i think i think yeah, maybe it would have been harder for us to start on t side because i'm pretty sure that was our decision but i think I think it maybe would have made. I think it's easier for like a new team on Inferno to play T side Inferno. I think that's a lot more simpler and easier to like control rotates and stuff, rather than CT side where you're having to just kind of play reacting a lot. You're having to like, it's it's a lot harder, especially. Yeah, but our CT side is stronger, so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. But... <laughs> yeah, you guys. If we started CT, if we started CT, oof. If yeah, we won pistol, think... oof. I, I thought. I think we caught a, like. I think that map would have been tough to win either way, but. You know, maybe more rounds, like kind of get into it a bit more. I was sort of hoping for just a straight BM answer from me, Kendra. Like, how is it to be, play against Cloud Nine? Easy, 
<laughs> you guys know I don't, I never BM. <laughs> just in the game, just in the game, you'll the way you'll play against people. No respect, no respect. No, but it was pretty easy actually. <laughs> that's what I want. That's what we want to hear. No, that's, that's okay. That's okay. Overpass was a lot closer, and I feel like James actually did bail you guys out of that one. Um, I wanted to touch on one thing really quickly because uh, Mix brought it up, just like the fact that about picking sides. I actually wanted to know what the psychology was behind picking sides because I feel like does like Dust Two is a map that's T sided now. Like it's it's definitely T sided. The stats show it. Almost every team is better on their T side. Yet so many teams pick CT side. Why do you guys? Why do you guys think that happens? I feel like it can vary. Like like I on Dust Two, I kind of prefer to start on CT side. Like especially, it kind of depends on like where your team is at too. Like it can depend on the team. But for me, like typically, I'd rather start on like CT side Dust Two because it almost feels like a lot less pressure. Because like when you're up like fourteen eight on like Dust Two CT side, right? I feel like it's so much pressure trying to get like those like final two rounds because there's really not much you can change or like not much you can do. You're kind of like making guesses to, like whether you want to put four long or you know play default and stuff. And so I think when you kind of start on CT side, it's a lot. It's kind of like less pressure because you're just trying to put like as many rounds as you can get. And like once you're like to four or five, you kind of feel like all right, this is like good enough for like to have like a solid T side, you know, still be in it. Whereas Obviously, it can vary. You know, some teams rather start on T side dust too, and you know, get off to like big super start. Like you know, maybe like our past C nineteen would have preferred that. You know, Johnny. So, it just kind of depends on like the mindset of the team. I think whether you prefer to like try to get your rounds on like the tougher side first, or you know, I think some teams prefer to like get like the the uh, the momentum rolling straight away. I think it depends on the which map is it. So basically, like. Imagine you're coming to LAN, you're playing at LAN tournament, right? You're starting first map just to which side you want to start. Of course, you would like to start T side, right? Because it's the first game of the day, it's the first rounds of the game. If T side is a lot more dominant, dominant half, you can get a lot more rounds like playing it. It's, you can set the tempo, you can set the game. You can finish the game 16-2 in like uh, like by winning 13-2 half. So it it mostly depends on the on like which map is it. Uh, if it's third map, it's just whatever. Like it uh, for us, it depends because uh, it depends on like which map is it. Because we're starting on practice. We're not starting CT side on all maps. We're start uh, depending on which which map we're playing on practice. We're starting on different sides. For example, on Inferno, we know that we are on Inferno always going to start T side because people are going to pick CT side all the time on Inferno. So we're always practicing on T side. So for example, teams that know they're not going to play this, they're not going to pick this too. They're always starting on CT side, for example, and uh, they know that if enemy picks this two against them, they're going to start CT side as well. So it's like similar to practice. Maybe that's the mentality, but it, the, it doesn't matter that much, I believe. Hmm. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, think, interesting. Right. that's the, the other point is like whether it's the first map of the day is also like a factor that really has to be considered because like naturally you're gonna be you're gonna be communicating more on one side than the other. You're gonna be trying to run certain things on one side, and to get into a series, I think T side starts are just generally a little bit better. If it's like your first match of the day, first map of the day, yeah, especially but, for example on train, on train yeah. first map, first map of the day on train, you start T side, you win five zero. It's already five rounds on T side. It's amazing. Okay, let's um, 
Let's move on to the second series you guys played at Flashpoint. I mostly just wanted to talk about one map, and it's the map you guys lost to Genji, which was Train. And I, I really actually respect the way that Genji played Train. They got nine rounds on T side against you guys. Like, how did it feel playing in the server against them? Well, since uh, Gen Genji's style on Train, on T side especially, was uh, a bit tough and not so it, it was like playing fury on inferno something new that we didn't see right right and uh why why it was tough they were playing really slow cs with taking a lot of space on box on uh, like peaking ivy before that making pressure team main then they're throwing like one smoke ivy faking ivy a bit then throwing something on b and you expect it's being b but in the end it's fucking a and i get like after that game, we just understood because we are, we are like as you said, uh, mix uh, that we are a, pro a proactive team, right? On CT side, especially, we're moving a around like a lot, and against like really good teams with uh, like um, good T sides, we can we can make it in our favor, right? But against teams like Gen G, we after that game made the decision to actually we didn't have the understanding that in, against some teams you just need to play three two. Two on B, three on A, and you just don't move. But it it was really hard for us at that moment to understand that and not move and uh, just playing our game and just playing three two. Yeah, yeah, it can be super hard to get a team like to like few players, especially individually, like want to rotate so much. You know, when you hear stuff like going on on the other side of the map, you hear like smokes here, like flashes here, Molly's here. Like you do like kind of instinctively, like kind of want to move and kind of want to react to that. But yeah, against certain teams, like you're just doing it just to like distractions everywhere, you know. Yeah. And if you just move around, you're just playing into them. You're just you're not you're never gonna know what's going on. And sometimes you just literally just need to sit there and just not care about what they're throwing and just kind of stick to your yeah. guns. Yeah, yeah and people... automatic was on fucking point as well on that, yeah. that map. If I'm if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. For people that didn't watch it, I want to just describe some of the plays that Genji did. Um, one thing was that they would send exist and automatic like all the way down Ivy. And basically get to the t like the CT side exit of Ivy, and then they would just hang out there and create so much pressure that it would just cause rotations. They throw one smoke, and like like you Kinder said, they would just leave sometimes completely. So you think that oh, this is going to be an Ivy split onto A, but then like Bentet and I think Kusta or maybe Kriaz would, would throw like some pressure at B, and then they would just take ladder split split A later or something. And it was like, and no one would even be Ivy. would like, they would go back T. Yeah, we're checking, checking Ivy. Ivy clear, and then it's B pressure. You wrote a 3B, and they're yeah. splitting A through ladder and fucking team, man. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Yeah, it was like, it was a lot of misdirection. But I mean, you guys honestly cleaned them up on the other two maps. So it's not even, it's kind of not I still think that's kind of a, I still like kind of impress some calling from Kusta to uh Oh, I love like that. that. Yeah. I really liked it. I, I thought yeah. for, for a team that was just putting itself together uh, in just a few weeks' time and using stand-ins, like I, when I watched that, I was like, this is probably like the sickest T-side train I've seen like just that quickly. Because they weren't throwing execs or anything. Like They weren't just running set plays. They were actually like manipulating the other team yeah, like, to yeah. really well. Like They were really yeah. pushing you guys around and pulling you guys. It was that's, actually... Yeah, that's a tough thing to do for like someone that's not used to calling. Like You have like, stand-ins. Like, it's a pretty impressive thing to do, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I was kind of gushing over Genji, but then again, that was like literally the only map they could play. Uh, they yeah. beat OG on Dust 2, but whatever. You guys face OG in the group finals. I feel like like that was kind of like a test for both you teams, but 
I'm going to assume it wasn't like as high pressure because you guys had already both qualified for playoffs. Like, is that a correct assumption or was that, was that actually Virtus Pro giving it all your guys all? Uh, well, I mean, we knew we qualified for playoffs, but we still won that fuck, uh, fucking points for for rankings. Like beating up a higher, uh, that's true. Higher, yeah. higher ranked team, we want to win. But um, wait, I'm I'm trying to recall what what happened that game. What didn't work out? We won Mirage, right? We, then we played in uh, Inferno. Second Inferno. Yeah. Uh, something on Inferno happened. I, I believe we we lost Element Four T side. Mm-hmm. And that's something that happened. A lot lately, we're losing a lot of T side on Inferno because uh, of s- some problems. We talked about it after, especially after the game against OG. We're uh, trying to fix them, but it's not going to happen so instantly. So it's, show- it's still showing up, especially today against Furia as well. But it's like the the collision between like actually our T side being in a slump now, and uh, we're playing bad on T side, and the new style from Furia, and it's all together. We're Losing ter- ter- 13 thirteen two right, but like against OG, I don't know they were, they were playing really good, especially under Stu. The Stu they were playing really good on Inferno. I think we didn't play the way we should we should play. We didn't have the opportunity on CT side to actually. If we had more rounds on CT side, we could have come back and uh, win the game. If we if we actually like uh, won a bit more ST side, but on the on the Stu they played a good a really good game. Mm. Okay, it's kind of unlucky that you guys actually in the last couple of weeks played C9. That was their first match ever. I mean, but you guys won. You won that. Then Gen G, a team that also had standings. You don't know what they're going to throw at you. And then Furia. It's like you guys are playing actually like all the NA or like kind of mixed teams that just just come together. It's just kind of funny. I thought I would remark on that. Yeah. Um. Uh. I wanted to maybe let you shout out. Have you seen any? other talent in the cis region uh and like what they because i think well i know that people in the west definitely like we'll see the guys that rise to the top um like no mentioned uh what's it dexter dexter yeah dexter and like we see Murr here and there but like are, are there any other hidden gems in your region that you you think we'll probably be on a top team within maybe a year or a year, or maybe a year and a half or so? Mm. Um, I know one guy at least, Fame from I don't know where he's playing now, but he's in FPL. Fame, Russian guy. He's in FPL and uh, he quite impressed me because um, I didn't know him before. And uh, there's not a lot of people that I don't know from CIS. And he, he plays for really a SG with Rufar, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he's play- he's he he's hella good, and <clears throat> his English is on point as well. So maybe he 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 wanted to go international, but I believe there's some rumors that he's uh, gonna go to Win Strike, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I don't know. So he's 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 quite good, and other players, I don't know, like. Let's let's go for like Monesi or something. I don't know, but no, it, it there's probably are, but I I only know like uh, CIS players from FPL because I play uh-huh. FPL or or the teams I, I play I, against. Every time I step into a CI a scrim against a CIS team, every other player on the other team is like some of the greatest players I've ever <laughs> experienced and seen in a server. But you know what's the well, problem? We never we never practice CIS. 
<laughs> so like, we always like we team. always play uh, you or night teams. Like yeah. literally, you scrim C's and JR a mirage, and they just absolutely own us more than I've ever been owned in a scrim. And I just I just don't understand how every CIS team is just incredible. <laughs> uh, is there any specific reason you don't scrim CIS teams? Like that you specifically uh, choose to scrim you? Oh, we we actually screamed two times cyber legacy. The only CIS team that we, that we screamed, but. Mm, that's not the point. Uh, before it was CIS minor. Why we didn't scream like mm -hmm. uh, CIS uh. teams? Because CIS minor obviously wrote to major, right? But now it just doesn't matter anymore, I guess. So we could be screaming, but we are just used to not. Right. And especially with why? Why? Why would we scream Spirit? Because um, us and Spirit are now in a really rivalous uh, like position where. We like it's not decided who is like uh, top two, right? Of uh, CIS, if we consider Navi being Navi being the first. Mm -hmm. I think right now people would definitely put you above them, but I guess I mean yeah. that's. But I guess there is a. Yeah, especially after we won against them on blast, right? Yeah, but, yeah. But the uh, until it's it's not going to be a, some some land final tournament against them then people won't uh, true true really believe that you know yeah um okay actually i wanted to mix or no do you guys have any questions for you can we still have some stuff to get to but i was just if you guys were ever anything was on the top of your guys minds that's not on the top of my mind <laughs> yeah Okay, okay, okay. Let's uh, know, maybe, maybe something about uh, my playstyle. How do I get these ideas of pushing up uh, banana on okay. the city side? I, I, have that, I did have that written down. I wanted to know when do you decide to slow down? Like, because I feel like there's so many times, like at the beginning of rounds, you will get aggressive early on. But also, like, if you guys don't have info, I think there's kind of a stereotype for CIS teams that they will pretty much, even in like 5v4. Like even five v fours, they will push a lot when you watch them. Like, do you guys have any? Yeah, do you have any like rules, or do you have any like like mentality things, or like do you just think you can do it, or like is there any rhyme or reason to it all? Okay, so let's imagine five versus four. We are on CT side of Inferno, right? Yes. Four ter four terrorists throwing a B exec, and it's two CT side players only there. Yes. Four terrorists are killing one CT side player, and then the one CT side player is killing two terrorists, and then the two terrorists others trade, right? So it's three, three versus two, on B side on Inferno. And how uh, how big is is like the percentage of two versus three win against uh, when you have the B fucking side? It's fucking amazing, amazingly like big. So. The thing we are, we are like, um, the, as you said, the rules that we have, right? We are trying to minimize, even, even if it's a bit more costly. Sometimes, like you can die and lose some economy. Like um, you could gather, for example, not pushing and not dying, right? You could win the round like five, five to zero, right? But sometimes it's um, a little more, a bit more important to get the information and die than actually survive and then just lose to an exec and yeah basically but i'm 
trying to explain the best, but it's a bit more into the mentality of the CIS players, I believe. As I mean, well, so. it, it sounds pretty similar to like how Faria handled things with art, like the way art will push just for information, and even if he dies, they have some adaption or they have like their next setup yeah, but, already ready. Yeah, that's true. For example, for me, if if, if I if I die on like on many of the maps, if I die, my team doesn't lose anything. Yeah. Like, okay, they're like four versus five, right? But if if I have like if I kill two and die, it's gonna be better for them. If if I kill one and die as well, four versus four, my team knows how to play without me alive. So. They don't care. Kind of like, kind of like a similar thing is like on nuke at the moment. Like, I feel like super in the meta at the moment is like teams like you know when you throw like the outside smokes and stuff. I think at the moment most teams are gonna like flash through that and you know like try to fight it even if you only get one just because like getting the info. You get about the info. Teams, yeah. How, yeah, how yeah. much are going down? And yeah, even like, we don't play there, nuke, like, but I know that. Yeah, yeah. It's like you need the info. Like you need to understand. Like you need to know like what they're actually doing. And so even just getting like a one for one trade into a four v four. Can make can put you in actually like a much better position than if you're just left it in a five v five and you yeah, don't actually true. know what's going on. You're getting in the mind of the enemy captain and yeah. you know, you know for, you're knowing what they're doing. And that's it. Yeah, it adds like psychological pressure to the other team because then they're thinking that oh they spotted four of us outside behind the smokes now now do we change what we're doing? Do we keep running yeah. lower? Uh, I actually do have a question for you now. I'm wondering like is there any specific player or players that you you watch demos of to sort of emulate or build your style off of like were there specific teams or players you watched to sort of uh define how you play now no not not really uh like i watched when i when i switched positions i lo watched a lot of uh, nico blame f type of players but they're not like their style is not mine but they, they really have like good stuff and good understanding of the position that i play for example team main and the con on mirage right and team main on uh, train so i watched uh, them on the on like some of the positions and i watched electronic and um, i didn't feel like that's my style of play but sometimes i can use something that they did right but uh, mostly the, the the plays are coming out of not the demos but like Testing out on FPL. I usually test a lot of things on FPL, playing and uh, a lot of solo things. If if it works in FPL, mm, if it's not like the stupidest thing ever, right? If it's, for example, as a, as I drop down from window on Mirage against OG on uh, right uh, on CT side with Dog, I actually tested out, uh, out that in FPL like. 15 times I dropped down there and most of the times I got kills there. So I I, I saw that OG are taking mid control the same as people are taking it on FPL. So I just did the same thing. Did, you see, wait, you're saying you ran the same thing like 15 times in a row in FPL? Dude, I mean, like, not a row, but like, no, you know, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. Not like, in a row, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like every so time though. Each each three rounds, and <laughs> people would see me under the window and like, what, what the fuck is he doing? They're raging on me, writing me in chat. Like, uh, somebody, if I'm not, I'm not, I don't remember who wrote to me, but like somebody actually wrote wrote me and said, what the fuck are you doing? Do you know you? They can see you from underpass. Like he killed me. It was Rigon, Rigon from Contact, right or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it was him. He was running underpass, and I was sitting under window behind the ledge. You know. Um, oh yeah. So you, yeah. so he could have seen my aug and my arms from the ledge, like uh, from underpass, right? And, and he kills me. No, no. He starts shooting my hand. I started jumping like this <laughs> and try trying to run away. He kills me, and then he writes to me in Steam like, "Yo, you, you know, you can see." Uh, 
he can see my arms there. I know. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I know. But like, this works against the teams that are running fast mid. They don't run fast underpass. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, at least I know the counters and like all the stuff because I played a lot of it. Yeah, it's because I know like what the counters are, like how people can easily like kill you. So you know, see, so, like you know, when you watch a team, you know, like what teams it'll work against, what teams you need to avoid it against. Yeah. It's good I mean, you, you say you say that as long as it's not stupid and you do it in FPL, it can work. But to be clear, this is EU FPL. What works in NA FPL will not work. Some of the things you see people doing that are just... Uh, They're for context. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, I, I haven't played NA FPL, and I haven't watched it, so I don't know. But I, I believe... Wait, so you're saying NA FPL is worse than EU FPL in, in decision-making? Oh, and... Definitely. At the moment, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that really sure about it. I, lately, you have a lot of fun in NAFPL you can do. You'd have a just, lot of fun. It's just because none, like, none of the top teams are playing FPL anymore. Like All the all the FPL people went to Valorant. You know, it's, uh, okay. it's a bunch of new people at the moment. They'll learn. They'll learn eventually. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Give them time. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was thinking more about like the the thing you said, how like in a 5v4... Uh, you play the number, like, the number game goes deeper than just seeing 5v4. It actually goes to, like, what's the expected outcome of that? Do you guys have that outline for pretty much most map CT sides? Like, like I would I would assume, for example, like, like you're, pretty, you're more comfortable with a 5v4 on train because getting a 4, like, if you did push for info on train, you probably should have been okay with them executing B, for example, because like retaking B five v four, you're probably going to come out on top. I would assume. Like, but does that go as deep for you guys? Like, you guys have like numbers for everything. Not everything, obviously, but we have some certain situations in which uh, we need to uh, gather that information. So, for example, if we know uh, on train, for example, if um, James is starting Ivy as CT side, and he's finding a pick on, let's say, Ida's Balance, right, from Spirit. He kills Ida's Balance that got ramposted by Magix. So it's 5 versus 4, and you know Magix is, Ma- Magix is Ivy, and you know where Mir is playing and where Chopper and Samdayang is play- playing. So, like, you know Mir is a team main player, and you know Chopper and Samdayang is a B-Hall's player, two of them. So there's no need in information push in that situation because you already know like what are what what are they doing right but but on certain scenarios when when uh, there's something happening in the map it's needed because for example they're doing some round or setup that you don't know much but mm-hmm. but for example kicker uh, like um, i'm killing some dayang on t main on train right and kicker can push lower because he killed some dayang because I mean, I I killed some Dayang and some Dayang is B house holder, so he can use that information to get a lot more information, and we can like close the gaps, you know, like even further. But uh, it, de- it depends on the map. Depend it depends on the situation a lot. Okay, okay. That, I mean, that all makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely if the team is more familiar, you can probably just guess what they're doing a little bit better or something. Yeah. I have a bit of a tangential question, actually. It's like. Actually, not related at all. I'm just wondering what the what the VP support stuff is like. Like, do you guys have an analyst or or like uh, sports psychologist or anything behind you guys? We have an analyst and we have a coach, uh, manager and general manager. 
for four people that we communicate with. You have a manager and a GM. Yeah. Yeah, there's usually like there's usually like a GM that kind of oversees a lot of other things. There's like a manager that like maybe like some of the smaller things day to day things. Book the yeah. flights. Something like so that. No, yeah. So, so no sports psychologists then. No. No. Okay. Seen Henry G's booking our flights. <laughs> well, maybe I don't know. I actually don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't expect he would. Um, Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Let's uh, let's move to the question of the week, which is something I didn't want to do because it's so similar to last week's question. But it's something that's just been on Reddit and like kind of even three clicks. Philip made a video about this, which is just essentially. Is the deagle overpowered? Does it need to be changed? Uh, both questions uh, are open to be answered here. So, Yukinder, what do you body think? shots? Yeah, Yukinder, what do you think yeah. about? Do you think what do you think about these two questions? Mm. I believe deagle is strong, but but it's uh, deagle has a high skill cap as well so like it's not that easy not the, the easiest gun you can take and one shot people right yeah so it's, it's more, not it's not the problem people have is like the uh like the close range body shots how like you can just like insta kill people because you know you're just playing up close to fatigue you just shoot them a couple times in the body they don't really have a chance i do think that at times is probably a bit overpowered especially for just like seven hundred dollar pistol because i think you know obviously the one shot from any range is like, kind of like what you the, the eagle should be about should be you know kind of like a high risk high reward weapon rather than yeah, you know just being able I, to be a close i i would actually nerf it because um sometimes it's just actually really like funny uh, i had a practice match against i'm not sure who we played against on inferno on banana i swinged with a flash from like uh pool to like a car side you know a cd side i had a deagle and there were Two people behind half wall, one right side car and one left side car. And I spammed six bullets all together and killed four four players. So it's like <laughs> two body shots. Then I hit two two were in the like in one line. The 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 bad the bad guy was was sitting down and I hit again two body shots and the second body shot was a headshot through through another another guy. And then I killed the fourth guy in a headshot with the eagle. So I used six bullets and I killed four, like four people, right? And two body shots is fucking. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's too much. It's too much. Two. If it's if if they made made it that you need three body shots, it would be fine. Yeah, be like to totally fine. Yeah, and that and it would be still like one shot headshot. It would be really good. I think. I, I want to say there was a round against Furia today on train where I think it was six to twelve or something was the, roughly around there was the scoreline and I think you guys bought like Jane had a scout and you guys had at least three deagles and I think you guys got three deagle kills and none of them were headshots or like they were all just you were just body shot. It was D side. See, I think it was on your CT side. I think it was something that kept you guys afloat. Was you guys had a. Like a deagle round. I think you got a kill at sandwich. I think someone got a kill around ladder. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, well, it, it, it yeah. could be it, it could be possible. Deagle is fucking OP, and uh, the two body shots is too strong. For example, Especially... like like uh, I was playing FPL on Inferno. I got so mad because I was 
I was speaking from Boiler and Inferno. He, I was speaking Lane with an AK, uh, and behind the pillar there was a Deagle that was strafing like A A D A D, and he double 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 shot me in the in the stomach, and I died. I have so, seen that in a many games. Actually. So it's yeah, it's yeah. it's fucking amazing how it's like. Yes. Uh, Especially if you have it on on T side with body armor, like you can double body shot a CT fast. Like uh, I think the timing for double shotting a CT with Armor is the same as them hitting you with four bullets from an M4. So you like they'll hit you for eighty-eight and four or ninety-two and four or whatever, and you'll kill them for like a hundred and twelve and two, which is just it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. If they if they increase the accuracy in terms of like not the cooldown accuracy, so like the the way it resets when you jump and whatnot can say the same, but if they reset like the standing accuracy of it a little bit. Uh, and increase that, and then nerf the body armor, or sorry, nerf the, the damage done to body, I think that would balance it out properly. It would keep it as like a high skill ceiling weapon that doesn't just own people at close range. Yeah, because also, I want to see people like headshotting people for Deagle, that's like, yeah. it's fun to watch, and actually, it's, it's fun to watch yeah. a pro game. It's like, it's like one of the best things to see in, in Counter-Strike, it's like it one is. of the best aspects of it. It's iconic, actually. Yeah, yeah for true. sure. So, I... Nah, I feel like Not 700 is like good. It used to be 800, right? I feel like that was 750, right? Or wasn't it? Or I'm pretty sure it's 800. Know if the price was ever different. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was. It was. It was. The R8 is 800. No, I'm telling you, it used to be 800, and then it went down to 700. Was it really? How how long ago are we talking here? Like when the game released? Because I don't remember this at all. I'm pretty sure uh, it was it was 650 in other versions of Counter Strike. Yeah, that's all I remember. Yeah. Mix is just old school, that's all. Eight, <laughs> 800 I, I is think, like, this guy's buying all the bullets for it or something. I think it was 800 at the start. At the very start of CSGO? Yeah, Wait. but I'm not okay. sure. I didn't play it at that time. Yeah. Actually, you can only get a little bit more... Um, we didn't we didn't talk as much as maybe... I was I was curious a little bit more about your history. Let's just... Let's probably close with this. Um, so you were on... You are on VP. You were on Pro 100 before this. And then the team before that... I had never heard of. Uh, do you want? Do you want to maybe talk about like how did you get picked up for Pro 100 before that? Because I feel like you rose in the ranks very quickly. Um, I don't know. I was playing. Oh, I was playing like lands, like Latin lands, and like computer clubs. Then I was winning one versus one and two versus two tournaments there with my friends and uh, hmm. some Latvian stack with like great players that actually are like now. Uh, a lot lower than me, right? Mm -hmm. But like at the like HLTV players that played some cups, you know, like um, Stream Me Gauntlet, Gauntlet. There was a cup like this that was called, right? It was it's an old cup now. There's uh, it's not happening anymore. And they called me on um, on playing a qual for a Lithuanian land, right? So I showed up on that land. Uh, we lost, but I played pretty good, and uh, then I showed up on land in uh, Est Estonia, so in, not in Latvia, right, but in Lithuania mm -hmm. and Estonia. And then people saw that I actually go to lands that I played there, and uh, Hooch from Elements Pro Gaming, which is the team that you probably never yeah. heard of, yeah, yeah, uh, he called me for uh, for a test in that lineup. Uh, we didn't know each other; I didn't know anyone from there, but uh, he saw a clip where I was making. Uh, a cartwheel, not a cartwheel, but uh, I don't know. I was going on Lithuanian land, like on stage, and like doing a I don't know how it's called, like flip a or front something. Flip? So, yeah, 
I'm not sure how it's you did a some so you did a somersault on a land stage and an IGL said that he wants that guy. He said we need we need an idiot on team that's gonna go do stupid stuff and get us entries and then they saw the clip and he Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's actually amazing. <laughs> and then I was playing there with Nickelback who joined me in Pro 100 later. I was playing with Ellie and Hooch. And at that time, it was space. Space, you know space. No, no. It I'm was... just thinking of all these usernames are so ridiculous in the series. Yeah, Nickelback <laughs> especially, man. It's <laughs> why is his name Nickelback? Why, why is that his username? It reminds him. Of, <laughs> of okay, the band. That was that was a name. pun. No, it's from that the lyrics. Pun, dude. Yeah. Every time he looks at this photograph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh but no, God. like I played there for like seven months and uh, <laughs> learned a lot. Learned a lot. I got from like uh, okay. from shit player to average player, and then uh, then I then we kicked Nickelback because Hooch was mad at him, and Nickelback won us for in the last game of it was we had two two score. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's the system called. GSL system or something where you get three wins. If you got three wins, you Swiss. Swiss. Yeah. yeah. So we were two two us and the monolith monolith was like uh, Nickelback's team. It was pretty shit, but we lost to it anyway. And uh, Nickelback <laughs> was laughing so hard. They qualified for the London minor at that moment. Face it minor. And uh, one of the monolith guys didn't have, a, they couldn't get a visa, and they asked me to stand in because I'm European and I can go to Great Britain like freely. I went there, showed myself there, then Force asked me to play for them, mm-hmm. and uh, I tried out for Force. Uh, it was pretty cool, but uh, the contract was pretty shit, so I <laughs> so I didn't so I didn't sign it. And then Pro 100 asked me to. Asked me to test for them. I played with them. I didn't like it. It was shit. I said, I'm not going to play with you. Um, but then we qualified for Toyota Bangkok. And uh, then I signed the deal. So you didn't want to play. So you're saying you didn't want to play for Pro 100. Yeah, but, but then we qualified. won Spirit in the final of uh, that qual for, for Toyota. So everything could have been so you, different. So you joined only because you qualified for LM? Yeah. Oh, that- Oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. You find this December tenth, Eagles. December tenth, twenty fourteen. Reduced price of Desert Eagle to seven hundred dollars. You're welcome. Oh, wow. Okay. All right, all right. Fair enough. Okay, Great. Boomer. <laughs> wow. Um, what is the what's the deal with why why does every CIS player have a so many of them at least have ridiculous usernames? There's Facecrack. There's Nickelback. There's World Edit, which just like is just strange in itself. Dude, I know World the Edit reason why. I just think of Minecraft when I think World Edit. Honestly. World Edit is from um, actually, Warcraft since I played 3. with him in a team. I know, I know, yeah, that's yeah. from Warcraft oh, 3. Yeah. World Edit Editor. But he didn't like World Editor, so he World Edit. And yeah. uh, it's my. Do you like it's my? It's my. You know it's, him? It's my? Yeah, it's my. No. It's, it's his nickname. It's my. You can search it on HLTV. I, I can't search because I'm on my phone, but can you guys look this up? But I don't know what's happening. Yaroslav, if I'm not mistaken, okay. his name is. I'll say Some Die Young, also. Like, that's oh, it's, pre- pre- yeah, it's, it's pretty cool nickname. I like him. It's, it's a good nickname. I just balance, though. 
There's some even weirder CIS nicknames. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but <laughs> any of them, any of them. Like, um, actually, they go for fan names a lot. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was wondering. I don't know. I know only one Nickelback now. I saw another team that went by the name of Bring Me the Horizon, which is another uh -huh. metal band. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what's I was wondering though, what's uh, if, if there's anything coming out of Latvia or like why, like you and Brokey are basically, I guess, the the biggest players now from that region. Is there something in the water or like why, why is this talent just coming up all of a sudden? Is there a scene pop in there? It's only two players. Uh, yeah. I don't, th I don't think it's that much. If we, okay. if we, if we had like. For example, in a, wait, how much is this in Estonia? Rops only. It's like no Rops. There's like there's like two HS? more. Was it HS? HS. Yeah, yeah. HS. There's another one. There's a guy that was on Gamer Legion or or something, or he was on Nordovan maybe. Fur, Fur, Shokes. Fates. Shokes, I think. Or Shokes, Fates. Fates, yeah. Fates as Fates, well. Yeah. Fates. Yeah, yeah. So like in Estonia, it's a lot better than in Latvia. In Latvia, me and Brocky, right? We're we we with Brocky, by the way, we're really good friends, chilling out in FPL a lot, playing Among Us together, mm. and uh, yeah, he's a nice guy. I was with him in online as well, so. I'm looking it's forward a, to the Latvian player. super team in a, in a few years. <laughs> the the Latvian Estonian super team. Maybe yeah. it happens. Oh, okay. Whoa. All right. Spoilers. Um, I think I think that's gonna be it. I think that's all the time that some of us have here. So. Uh, thank you so much, Yakinder. Okay, Yakinder, wait. Last thing again, Yakinder, Yakindar. Come on, just you gotta give us an answer eventually. I go, <laughs> I go, I go for like Yakindar. You know, like yeah. Wait, you know, is it Yakindar or Yakinder? Yakinder. I say Yakinder. How, how you want it, Yakinder, Yakindar. Uh, okay, yeah. when you said Dar, you like. Yeah, he, he has the accent on it there. Yeah. It's Russian, yeah. The Russians usually say you can Dar. From now on, Alex, whenever you say my name, I want you to go like M1CKS. But I think, I think <laughs> Yekinder. 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 Yeah, it's prob probably the most default one, Yekinder. Okay. Yekinder. All right. I, I don't a know. Russian player named D underscore best, by the way. So. D best, yeah. <laughs> Undeniable. <laughs> All right, we'll end it with that one. Um, actually, Yakinder, do you have anything you want to plug, like your Twitter or anything you have coming up? Yeah, I think I'm close to five 5k followers on Twitter. If you want to follow my Twitter, just follow there. Sweet. Okay. Thank you. Anybody have anything else? I'm gonna stomp the shit out of complexity. Oh, okay. That's the plug. <laughs> Whoa. For the next. All right. No, you got anything? Uh, not right now. So just follow me on Twitter too. All right. Producer Pranogo, what you got? Cooking. Uh, well, there's a new, there's always new content on my channel, and there's always new tweets on my Twitter, uh, even though it's mostly just me retweeting other people. Uh, Sweet. Not, nothing original. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Uh, my plugs are like and subscribe, comment for the algorithm, subscribe to the Patreon too if you're interested, and uh, that's it. Being yeah, as always being. Podcast. And oh yeah, yeah. Listen on Spotify and Apple if you guys want to. Yeah, that's great. Uh, watch Flashpoint too. Watch your Kindar, your Kindar. Keep playing. <laughs> All right, that's it.